Discover connection, awaken sacredness, come power. Join us for our show on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Discover Your Spiritual Gifts Live. This is Jason. And Violet. And our partner, Dave, is out of the office today, so it'll be Violet and I running the show. And we are here with Jude Starks today. She's going to share her story and all of the things she teaches, which is uh, quite the list, to be to be honest. Uh, Jude is an evidential psychic medium. She's also a trans medium, a hypnotherapist, Master practitioner and a trainer of NLP, uh, MER and MER and hypnosis, uh, Reiki master teacher, an accomplished psychic development and mediumship trainer, a UK associated spiritualist, and trained with Arthur Finley College tutors, and she's a pharmacist. Crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it is quite the list. That that took me three breaths. And I and I had to read a couple of those things twice. And pharmacists, we're still trying to and figure out the pharmacists, pharmacists well, which was something I didn't actually know until I read all the way through the bio intro there and went, "Oh, pharmacist." Uh, uh, knowing you, Jude, that doesn't actually it doesn't surprise me, right? Because of all the things that you're so proficient at, anyway, and uh, to to know that you do something heady along with all the other stuff it probably provides some balance i would think well actually yes and so um i've been spiritual and psychic since i was a kid and i used to know when uh, people were going to die and i didn't know what to do with it as a kid right so i did everything possible to shut this off so because the work that we do in psychic and mediumship work is usually on the right side of the brain and i'm very creative as well on the right side of my brain. I had to choose something that was on the left side of my brain to really push away all this this energy because, you know, I was afraid of it as a kid. I didn't know what else it was. I didn't know what to do with it. So, you know, nothing better than choosing something medical, professional, you know, heady, lots of stuff with that to get away from that energy. And um, I have a, I'm, I'm actually a natural healer. So I, I would chose a healing professional from that standpoint. And, in all honesty, it's been fabulous because I've been able to work in the whole medical side of the, the community and help people heal from that side. But then now doing all this energy work in the last sort of half of my life with that, it really is a nice blend because sometimes what happens is, you know, I become kind of like a medical intuitive sometimes. And so I feel things happening and I actually can describe them and give them names <laughs> as opposed to just say, well, I just feel something in my chest. Uh, from that standpoint. So it's been kind of interesting. And then the other thing that also comes up in, in that, so the pharmacy side of what I do, because I've been a pharmacist for 42 years. And so uh, from that standpoint, um, there's also things that kind of come up in readings with like people ask medical advice. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing uh, with all that. So I think it's been, it's been fun. Uh, but I retired from pharmacy in 2010 because I kept moving more towards holistic. So Western medicine's very defined, very specific. You know, the drug companies run most of the medical schools in terms of the information and stuff that they teach people. So it's very drug-oriented from that, and obviously pharmacy is as well. But the other interesting piece of that is I worked with a holistic physician. She was a pediatrician from Brazil. And so she brought in all this holistic medicine and all this homeopathy. Well, she brought it into the pharmacy, and I had to learn what it was because people would come and ask me, what is this stuff from that? And so from that side, I learned that there's you know, so much more that we can do with homeopathy and natural medicine that I really had a hard time going back to the other side of pharmacy to say, let me give you these drugs, and then next week we're going to have to give you another drug for the side effect of the drug, and then the following week we're going to have to give you another drug for the other side effect of the drug. And so pretty soon we have 50 drugs on, on board, when in fact you could have taken two homeopathy things and a little bit of uh, you know, vitamins. So, um, so it, was, it was like my brain was sort of fighting with itself because I have a sense of wanting to help people. All my life I've been wanting to help people and wanting to heal people from that standpoint. So it made no sense. Because um, it was just like, you know, I, I'd go home at night and I just hated, 
I hated some of the stuff that was going on in the world of medicine. I hated, I hated a number of drugs. It's like, no, don't take that drug. No, don't take that drug. So I, I, had, to, I had to move away from that. But I took some of that knowledge, the, the positive side of that knowledge, and brought it into the healing side of the other things that I do from that standpoint. So, um, but I'm going to tell you from an energy standpoint, when you're doing psychic or mediumship work or you're doing healing work, I just feel like that it is one of those things that just will not go away. If you're really meant to do this, I mean, it's like everything else just gets shut down and you just move towards that that goal and then everything else just opens up when you finally decide, okay, I'm going to stay on the holistic side of this world to be able to do that. So then that's kind of what ha has happened for me in terms of being able to do that. So um, a, a few years ago, uh, so I w I'm doing pharmacy stuff, and it became a little bit weird because we were in this old old building, so in this pharmacy, and it was an old school, and I felt the spirits around us, right? And I, we, we would come in after um, being gone for the night, and there'd be things moved around, you know, because you close at night, and things move around, and, you know, there'd be things spilled on the floor, and, you know, and it's all locked, so it's a pharmacy, so it's completely locked, so nobody can get in there. So you'd come and you'd find all this energy from that, and it was interesting because I found myself wanting to tune into the spirits and then people would come up to me and it'd be like, you know, is your grandmother on the other side? <laughs> and you have to be a little bit careful, right? Because you're giving pharmacy advice, you're doing that sort of thing. So I really couldn't connect to them from that standpoint to be able to do that. But it was sort of um, enticing to try to do something like that. Um, so I really had to just kind of shut that down because that really, you know, that that's that whole side of the business that you really, because, you know, you're, you're going to scare somebody, right? Because your grandmother's standing right behind you and, and, well, she died 10 years ago and then now the person's freaking out and now you have to get some other medicine for them. Uh, <laughs> I, I have this vision of the pharmacy counter, right, where you stand at the queue and there's the, you know, please, please keep your space for the, for the, the, the privacy of the one in front of you. And here stands Jude, but next to it is a line not available at any other pharmacy for psychic intuitive readings. And that line goes down and like around aisle one. <laughs> Be a bit, excuse me, just a second. I gotta grab a prescription. I'll be right back with you and your grandmother. <laughs> that's uh, that's yes, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird world, right? With that, from that standpoint. But that's actually what it began to felt like. So it's like, okay, I'm just done with this. I had to work with the company long enough. I could actually retire. So it was like, okay, I'm done. Um, and then I could expand and do more things. And um, I think the interesting thing was uh, I had tried very hard to shut this off and there was a point in time where I just said because I knew when someone was going to die and I felt it for like six weeks because I'm an empath naturally right and so I could feel everything that they were going through and I really didn't like that and so I had really said to the universe you know please take this gift away I don't want to do this well they did for a little bit uh, from that standpoint but then they started giving me information about people who were murdered and I thought okay now what am I going to do with this right from from bits and pieces of that so I said I've got to go get some training because I don't I don't know what to do with this you know, am I supposed to call somebody? You know, what am I supposed to do? So that's the whole journey of training because I, I have a sense of wanting to be proficient at everything I do. <laughs> so I have a real need to, um, you know, try and understand everything from that standpoint. And so I did a lot of training with a lot of people who uh, were from Arthur Finley College, which is outside of London. So that's the premier institute that trains mediums um, in Europe and um partly in the United States, but we have no standards for mediumship in the U.S. And there's really strong standards and a very strong curriculum in um, Arthur Finley College outside of London. So most of my mentors and teachers are all from there, So, uh, which gives me a completely different perspective about how to do things because they do things, they're, they're very precise um, in Europe and they're very precise with information coming through from that standpoint. Um, so I, I teach what I learn. So... That's how I teach too. So, and I work with people individually, and we work in groups individually from that standpoint. And people learn how to pick up information with a lot of clarity and a lot of accuracy. So, that's kind of where I've taken that. Right? You have to be precise as a pharmacist. You got to be precise as a medium. 
I love that. You know, I've wanted to go to Arthur Fenley, and I've talked about at some point taking a group over from our community because I think there's several of us yep. that would love to go. Yep. And I think from what I understand, they set it up like week, a it, week, a at, week a at a time. Mm -hmm. And you go and stay for a week and you take yep. classes and you come yep. back. And uh, that's definitely on my bucket list because I really want to do that. Because <clears throat> like you, I've always connected since I was a child. I've never had training, though. Right. They just come and speak just to me. In. Yeah. Uh -huh. And talk. so I get information all the time. Yeah. But I'm one of the lucky ones. I can turn it off. You know, there's lots of people that I've come um, become friends with that it's open all the time. They don't right. have a shut off valve. They can't right. shut it off. It's continuous all the time. And, and I'm very lucky that I don't have that, that. much yeah. going on. Mm -hmm. But you talked about <clears throat> doors opening. I think everybody, when they step on their spiritual path, spirit lets you shut it down for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <clears throat> they take it away. They honor your request right. for a little bit. But they always tend to kind of sneak it back in a little later at a different <laughs> point. They kind of guide us. And I feel like your pharmacy stuff was intentional. Oh, it was. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, because it was. when you go back and look at everything that you've done along your yeah. journey, there's reasons why you were there. There were skill sets that you gained. Yep. There was knowledge that you gained yep. that helps you down the way to do something even bigger, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And when they're done, like teasing you and pushing you, that's when the two by four comes in <laughs> and stuff starts shutting down and you can't find a job in your area anymore or your expertise and nobody wants to hire you and so all this stuff happens and it's literally like there it's the tower card they're shutting it all down because you're supposed to go this direction yes. yeah and they're going to keep pushing you that way yeah and it's kind of natural i think everybody we've talked to has similar stories and so for our listeners out there listening if you feel like doors are shutting be open to what they're trying to tell you because they're not, they're nicely nudging you for a little while and then they slam the door and it's shut. It's like, oh no, you can't return here. You need to go down this way. Um, but don't you find in that, um, is that when we accept that that's, that's kind of what's happening and that Spirit's wanting us to work in a particular direction, that then once we get going in that direction, that there's so many opportunities and so much stuff. And so much you can't see yes. at that point that you have no idea how much better your life's going to yeah. be. And they know that. <clears throat> like you have no idea how big this is until you start going right. in your direction. Right. When we're in our flow and our divine purpose, what we're meant to do, Things come to us super easy. It's mm -hmm. when it's difficult that we have to ask ourselves, what am I trying to do here that I'm, I'm not supposed to do? Am I in the wrong direction, the wrong path, the wrong flow? What's happening here that it's difficult? Because I believe when you're on path, it's easy. Does that mean we don't mm -hmm. have challenges? No, we do. They, may, they help us grow. They help us learn through those challenges and we're always going to have that spiritual people don't ha don't get rid of all the challenges in their life we still have a few of those that's part of this experience that we're in but it doesn't it doesn't seem as difficult as it could be if we weren't connected to our gifts well and i think the other thing that happens in all of that is even if there are like rocks in the road and there are things happening with that there's a sense of no fear the more that you do, the more spiritual work that you do from that standpoint because you know there's a purpose. You know that there's a lesson in that. You know that there's something that you're supposed to get out of that. So I think even if there are difficult things that are happening, the perspective is completely different. And, you know, we don't have that sense of freaking out like before we would have been just frightened of things. From that standpoint. And that's so true. You know, even here at our center, which just flooded um, a few days before Christmas, people have been asking Tom, has she had a meltdown? Has she had a meltdown? Because my center is, is sad. The energy's gone. It's been really, um, it's been affected very deeply. And most people, I would say 20 years ago, this would have been a rock that would have been very yep. difficult to overcome. Yep. And uh, with my spiritual um, place in my life and where I stand, I know this isn't this isn't punishment, even though we all question that 
for a little while because that's our human nature. Did I do something wrong? Is there a reason? But I believe there's a golden star in this somewhere and we just haven't found it yet and it will come through and we just have to trust that we're supposed to be in this and and maybe this time is meant to be used for something else or other things or um, to create a tighter community to to build a stronger bond to get the right people <clears throat> on the stage there's lots of stuff happening that we have to trust that there's reasoning behind this that you may not see for months years decades and then all of a sudden you're like oh that's why that turned for me so that I could yep. go down this road or yep. I could choose that and we just have to trust we have to be in that space does that mean I haven't cried no I've cried I've cried for the loss I'm in grief as well as my team but I'm in such a better place than I would have been 20 30 years ago because I know this is just a little bump in the road yep. that's going to lead to something much bigger and I just have to be patient and be open to my guidance and keep listening to what I'm being told and follow that path. Yeah and I think that's always the case with that but the other thing I think that's interesting as you were saying that that just kind of popped into my mind about that was maybe it's not about the center maybe instead it should be about the people because all the people that you work with all the people in your center all your people in your team all have amazing gifts from that standpoint. So maybe it's an opportunity for them to showcase all of their gifts in an environment that maybe isn't as beautiful and nice as it was, but look at how well they're growing and how many things they're doing and how many people they're helping, regardless of the circumstances, which means that you could do any of this like on a street corner, right, right with that. And so I think from sometimes we have to be very, very thankful about just the whole people that we're connected with and that we're working with from that standpoint. and. You know, and it showed just a ton of gratitude on a daily basis for the people because the center will repair itself in a way and it will metamorphosize or I'm not sure I'm saying that word right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it will change into being something, you know, very beautiful from that standpoint where, in fact, then the people will all come together with even more zeal and joy to create something new from that standpoint. And I, and I think that you have almost magical energy in here with the the people and the team of people that you have mm -hmm. from that standpoint. It is magical. I mean, I'm grateful for so many things. Like we we packed that center in six hours, and I still today don't know how we did that. We packed and moved everything out in six hours. That's nine rooms, retail, everything got packed and moved in six hours. I don't know how we did it. It's kind of one of those things that you're like, how in the world did we accomplish that? And I think that's a, that <clears throat> is a testament to what what Jude just shared. Is that it was the community that showed up. We put the call out, and mm -hmm. the door was open, mm -hmm. and dozens of people walked through it. Well, and I think we always underestimate the the benefit that clients and you know other providers have in that camaraderie together. And how very grateful people are for all the services um, that you offer and that I offer in my business as well. But, and I think with that, there's such an energy, you know, when somebody has a call like that to just show right up and, you know, let's just take care of it. Mm -hmm. But it's a great example that just because you're spiritual doesn't mean your life is beautiful, oh, perfect. Uh -uh. Oh, it doesn't uh -uh. work that way. Uh -uh. Not for any of us. No. Right? It's well, it's, it's called human. <laughs> I spend a lot of time reminding people of that. Yeah, we're, we're, you're working on these things and you've done all this stuff, but you're still a human. Right. right? You're, yeah. you're by design not right. supposed to be perfect. It's right. okay. You have this perfect body and a brain, but we do all this stuff to mess it up. And that's part of the journey. It is. It <laughs> right? is. Yeah. The, the only benefit is really coming in with a clean slate, which when you start to study the spiritual stuff, you realize, man, there's a lot of stuff that I could have had that could have helped me. And I came in with this blank slate. <laughs> and all this other stuff has changed me and switched me around. And then there's people like the two of you. And I, I wasn't blessed that way, which I probably would have ended up in a straitjacket. But it had, the, <laughs> that had some of those spiritual aspects actually active, right, when you were young and found a way to deal with that and now have figured out that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And, and I talk with a lot of people. I work with a lot of different 
clients that have had things when they were younger, and then there's that block in the middle where it's almost non-existent for a period, whether that's just for a few years or even decades, and then it comes back, right? Like you said, Violet, it sort of yeah. creeps back in and comes back in, right? But it, and I, it seems to me, and, and tell me, ladies, if I'm off here, but it seems when you're young, a lot of what you're getting is communication from what we would refer to as the other side. Yes. Seeing spirits, getting communication from spirits. Yeah. It's I don't hear a lot of people talk about I could move things with my mind or I right. could read people's minds. Like those aren't the kind of things it, it's the connection with what's on the other side of the veil that is really active and that usually brings people back to that kind of study. Right. Well, and it's the always active in terms of if you if you have a sense of being prompted to do something, you learn when you're little to follow your intuition. Um, from that standpoint. So you live your whole life through intuition. And some people don't even understand how to use their intuitive sense mm -hmm. from that. And so they're constantly sort of running into walls and making decisions based on ego or, you know, emotions or something associated with that. But I think when you're little, you just think everybody knows that you should really go down that road. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's that sort of thing, right? With that, didn't you experience that when you were little? You had that sense of knowing, like, always in the right place. Okay, you know, there's a car coming, let me stop. I mean, before it ever happens. Yeah, knowing what was going to happen. And you learn yeah. really quickly as a child when you share that with people that yeah. their reaction to it is like, I shouldn't say those things. Right. Because they don't believe me. Right. And then it happens, and then they don't want to address that either because right. they're going to ignore that you said that, and that's exactly what happened. Yep. Because if they pretend like they never heard it, it didn't exist. Well, suppression is the enemy of expression. Oh, it is, absolutely. And that's what yeah. we're trained in yeah. is exactly the example you're giving, or of any kind. Like, the guy's got a big nose. Oh, we don't say that. Right. Well, the guy's aware. It's in the middle of his face. He's right. seen it. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. And a kid recognizes the truth of that. And, and their experience, regardless of what it is for them, is so clean and pure and clear. And when they share it and it gets shut down, it, it only takes one of those yeah. to really right. hinder your ability to continue to develop. And even just the one area. But when you have it repeatedly, yeah. man, what, a, what an obstacle. So to be in an environment where you can flourish with that, where people actually communicate with you, right? A, a lot of times someone will be lucky to have someone in their world or in their life, oh, my grandmother understood, but she was the only one. Right. Right? And yeah, that, that exactly. thankfully, there's more and more of that happening now. Yes. I, uh, there's a lot of parents that are open to the spiritual side and are very open to you know, allowing their children to express and share that, which I yeah. think has a lot to do with the overall shifting of, the con of consciousness and, and, you know, not to get too esoteric or anything, but that that helps the numbers. It does. All it along does. the way, right? Every time we're helping yeah. the numbers so that all of you that were blessed early and have come back to it are kicking the doors open for those that can accept it earlier and maintain it instead of having that period of, you know, years or decades where it's shut down. Yeah. So, so you guys are like pioneers. You're willing to come back to that. Right? From from this seat, that's what that looks like. Yeah, no, I can I can see where that perspective would would come across that way. Um, I I just think that it you know it becomes so ingrained in what you're doing that you don't even think about that you're doing it right from that standpoint. Um, I do I I'm just very very thankful though that more parents are more open to not shut their kids down though because I think there's an incredible generation of of younger people coming through now that have such an insight. And a lot of sort of old souls coming back, you know, to try to help a lot of things. And it's just so exciting to see these young, younger people just do some of this stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing, I think, uh, to see that. It's amazing to work with some of them um, to be able to do that. So. And that's the giving back, right, for all the yes. all of what we've all been allowed to do and have a lifestyle and have a store or a business or, you know, our practice or whatever that is. That, that opportunity to give back to a younger generation in whatever form that is, whether it's helping their parents or connecting with them, mm -hmm. that, that's, that's our opportunity to, you know, here, here's our chance, right? I didn't, I didn't blow it. I have an opportunity to make a difference, <laughs> to make an impact. It gives you another realm 
to, to do that in. And we all find out along the way that all the stuff we did, all of our experience has prepared us to be in that kind of position. Right? And we accept that role as a teacher or a leader or you know, whatever, whatever that piece is uh, to, to be able to participate. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of power and continuity in that. And the more we do it, the more good stuff happens. Well, it doesn't that feel great in terms of just not only are you helping people, helping yourself, but then it just mushrooms and, you know, just spreads around. And it's like it's like a positive wave of energy you know, against the balance of some of the negativity that's in the world. So I think it's making a huge difference for a lot of people mm -hmm. with that. So. Well, there's, a, there, there's that light and dark constant sort yeah. of pendulum swing that we have, mm -hmm. right? But, but the possibility of swinging the pendulum and holding it in one place as a collective does exist. Mm -hmm. And the more light we push that direction, we really can get to a place where that's more of what happens. Yes. Right? Because yeah, we're living exactly. in that duality. There's this, so much of this as there is of that. But it is possible as a race, as a world, and you know, the earth in general, to move to a place where that's, that's not the case anymore. It's, you know, it's a process. <laughs> well, and, and I think in, in, you know, successive generations, we're going to see that. We're going to see a more cohesive world. We're going to see less judgment. We're going to I see agree. a lot of people with a lot of the same kinds of mindset to be able to um, be productive and helpful without having to sort of judge how people are doing that. And I would really welcome that, in, you know, in terms of... A part of the state of our world in so many different categories right now is showing us what that percentage looks like. Yep. And we're starting to get static numbers and see especially in our country, what that swing is right now right. and how the middle part of it is starting to move. Yep. And if that middle part can move, then the other parts eventually can move. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's not about changing people or you know, repatterning all their beliefs, but there's a, there's a beauty to there being a fresh perspective and a new way of looking and doing things. Yeah, and, and, I, do, and, and, and I do think the up. newer generations are going to come in with none of the concepts of things that are, you know, that the older generations that are holding on so tightly to, mm -hmm. that it will be very refreshing just to see the change uh, from that, that perspective. So I, I, I'm excited to see you as know, different 20, as 30 it, years. As different as it is, they have, they, they have less limitation or what we yeah. perceive as limitations in our generations. Right. Yeah, because they don't have the same filters. They don't have the same anything, mm -hmm. you know, paradigms, essentially. So well, there's a, be interesting. The, the social media consciousness is creating... Isn't it, though? ...some, some good things. Mm -hmm. it's, and, and, and it's like anything else. There's, you know, it's this extreme and that extreme. But there's a lot of, of what's happening there that represents how other societies have been successful with open communication and understanding and conversation. And all of those things are starting to happen at a very high level. And that can't do anything but get everybody on the same page eventually. Right, yeah, because communication is always <laughs> right? going to make it easier to get on the same page, right? Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it is, isn't it, with things going on with that? So we're at a, at a point where we should probably take a quick break, and uh, we'll uh, learn a little bit about the center. And Please uh, join us. Jason and Violet and Jude Starks will be right back with you. Hi, I'm Violet Ryan, Master and Teacher of Angelic Reiki at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. If you love angels, if you resonate with angels, or you're just interested in learning more about angels, most people really want to consider Angelic Reiki. But you know, Angelic Reiki is more than just working with the angels and learning a new healing modality. It's about ascension. And when you step into Angelic Reiki, you're not only working with angels, but you're working with ascended masters and galactic healers and the angelic kingdom of light which includes all of those steps in and helps you be able to hold more light and what I have found along this journey is it expands your ability to be able to hold light which raises your frequency which accelerates your ascension process so the individuals that step onto angelic Reiki are really ready to step onto their spiritual path 
learn more about angels, ascended masters, galactic healers, learn possibly a new healing modality that they'll use in their life. But also they're ready for those major shifts in their lives to really be on their spiritual path and take their journey to the next level. If you've been thinking about angelic Reiki or you'd like to find out more about this beautiful modality, please don't hesitate to contact me, Violet, at discoveryourspiritualgifts.com or check out our website under classes. You will find angelic Reiki there with lots of information about this program and the benefits of taking this course. We hope to see you in class really soon and I hope to see you at Discover your spiritual gifts. And hello, thanks you for returning with us. This is Jason and Violet, and we have Jude Starks, medium and teacher with us today. Uh, so, so Jude, we've touched a little bit on a, uh, about your uh, about your teachings and, and what your background is. Share with us a little bit about what you do. Right? What, are, what are your readings? What, are, what, what, what do you do for clients, and what do you do for your students? Well, um, I do a lot of things, obviously, from the, the bio. Um, I would tell you that I spend about probably 70% of my time doing spiritual work and about 30% of the time doing mind uh, work. So because I'm a uh, neurolinguistic master practitioner and trainer, I work with a lot of people to get rid of a lot of blocks, a lot of um, mindset issues, a lot of limiting beliefs, um, a lot of trauma in some cases. I The interesting thing about that kind of work is I end up uh, working with a lot of women who've had different kinds of trauma, which you've you know read about in the news and that sort of kind of thing. And uh, it's been interesting because it, it's so effective at releasing a number of different kinds of trauma in the body and in the emotional uh, mindset. So I do do that probably about 30% of the time is uh, I spend on doing that sort of thing. And I love that work because it's very transform um, trans transformational um, for the, the client themselves. Um, but the other piece of that that I do uh, with that is I also bring into, when I teach psychic development and mediumship, the biggest issue that I find with new students coming in there um, a lot of times is their limiting beliefs. They have a fear of doing this. They have a number of limiting beliefs about being able to connect psychically or mediumistically to be able to bring information through from that standpoint. So there's even some a little bit of neurolinguistic uh, programming in my training to get people to release a lot of the problems and things associated with that so that they're more effective uh, to do that because when when our mindset is so tight and we have such fears it will we'll push away any spiritual energy coming towards us particularly with mediumship because people have a real fear that they might be inviting something negative in or something associated with that or maybe they grew up in a religious um, environment where they had very strict sort of dogmatic uh, rules about doing this sort of work and so uh, from that standpoint they have a lot of fears associated with that so a lot of times there's a little bit of NLP built into my training as well to help people from that standpoint so um, so in the se other 70% of the work that I do I do mediumship readings psychic readings I do gallery readings I do um, small group sort of like psychic parties uh, from that standpoint uh, to be able to do that and um, and then I do the NLP and hypnosis. I'm trained as a past life regression hypnotherapist. So I do past life regressions for people. So, But it's all, all, almost everything that I do is around the mental and emotional body to move it away so that spiritual energy can come in for people. And then um, in terms of mediumship, uh, you know, regular appointments. I, you know, I have an office in Denver. I have an office in Loveland. I teach groups in Loveland and I teach groups in Denver. With that and I have a whole certification series for psychic development and evidential psychic mediumship certification which is a year-long program so I do a lot of work um, with uh, students in groups and sometimes individually with that but even in your when you're in a group it's not like I don't know if you've ever been to some of these trainings where you'll be you've probably been to some of these right where You'll, you'll be in a big group and you'll have like a medium up there and they're giving a little lecture and pretty soon you're in a group of like 40 or 50 people, right? And then they say, here, do this exercise. Well, you don't have really enough information to do the exercise, but here you are working with somebody who's equally at the same level you are, not really knowing what to do with it, right? So you're, you're, you're doing a little reading with them and you're a little practice back and forth. And so here you are thinking, well, I'm not sure that I'm doing it right, so I'm going to do it like she does it, right? So pretty soon we're learning bad habits from the person. So there's never any 
sort of intervention to say, wait a minute, no, let's, let's do that a little bit differently. This is not quite right here. So you end up in these big group trainings, and people think that they're doing all this amazing work from that standpoint, but when they get out and then they're in the real world of trying to do this sort of thing, they find themselves stuck because now they've either developed bad habits or now they're not picking up the information or they're not being as clear, not picking up a lot of evidence as they're going through with this. So my trainings are small. I never train more than 18 people at a time. And I do that on purpose because when I have a group um, with that, we'll have them in a circle and everybody's reading. And then we're, I'm actually listening to how they're reading and I'm actually listening to what they're doing. And I can tell from what they're reading and the information that they're giving how they're doing that. So then I can correct some of the things as we're going around the circle in the process of being able to do that. So people are all getting little individual sort of tweaking as we go around the circle. And then we go another exercise and we do the same thing. So I'm always like really hands-on with um, students because I want them to get the basics of being able to understand how to do psychic work and how to do mediumship work. And there's, you know, diff different ways to do this, but there's kind of a really um, very specific ways when you're doing evidential work from that standpoint. And so I think I get a lot of feedback from students that they really like that because they get kind of lost in what they're doing from that standpoint. So I think my training with the students is all that way. Um, and, um, you know, and rarely are they just kind of on their own, doing their own thing, and, you know, and the teacher's out of the room, and, you know, they're, they're trying to learn something from that standpoint. Because I don't feel like that that actually works, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. in terms of being able to do that. So, so the, I do that. That's the kind of stuff that I do. So I would say that's the probably 70% of stuff that I do, and then the other 30 is neurolinguistic-related things or hypnosis-related things uh, from that standpoint. Um, and fortunately, I don't have to deal with any pharmacy stuff anymore, thankfully. And um, so then I can just work on, on healing. And then sometimes um, I also do some trance work. I do some trance work for myself just to, to be able to connect and sort of stay in a um, really connected to the spiritual world. Because the more that you can sort of sit in trance, the more that you're connected spiritually from that standpoint. So sometimes I'll just do some trance work for myself uh, to be able to do that. I tend to read a little bit in a... Um, kind of a slight trance anyway from that standpoint. But um, anyway, so that's kind of my my stick <laughs> <laughs> to be able to do that. So um, and those are the things that I do from that standpoint. So people, so, um, people out there that are interested in learning more about mediumship, um, what would be the, well, I'm just, I'm trying to think how to word that. Um, you know, because there's lots of people that are interested in mediumship, but they may not have gotten their gifts opened immediately. Like, they're not intuitively connected yet. So you do the psychic development first to help get them connected to whatever gifts they have so they're getting information. Yeah. So the year-long program is really, like, the first six months are the, the psychic side of that. And the reason that we do that that way from that standpoint is because you're right. People don't know how to use their senses. Mm -hmm. And so what they do with that is, so we'll have brand new students that have never done anything. And they'll come in and there's a, kind of a specific way that we help them open up those things, help them connect um, and use their senses to pick up information. And then they, they find themselves, as they're going along, because uh, there's 24 classes in this series, they find themselves, as they're going along, getting better and better, and they're feeling more confident because they're picking up things psychically. And they're learning how to use their senses as they're picking up things psychically. And then we introduce, in the last half of the year, is all mediumship. So now they've learned how to use their senses, and now there's they've, they're now learning how then to... Um, pick up spiritual energy to link to spiritual energy, which we all do anyway to some degree. But the the key to mediumship is understanding that you're linking to the spirit from the other side, but you have to hold that link long enough to pick up the information. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have to translate the information that they're giving you so that when, you know, if I'm sitting with Jason and you're my my sitter, so to speak, and I'm reading, you know, one of your people from the other side. Oh, my turn. That, Go ahead. That, <laughs> that, that, that I can give you information that you understand from that perspective um, to be able to do that. So we have to be able to hold that spirit link long enough. We have to be able to translate that, in, that information that the spirit's giving us because sometimes that information isn't literal. Um, I prefer reading literally, but some of my students actually end up more um, symbolically, which then we have, sort of have to straighten them out and try to get away from the sim symbolism and try to just do literal. 
because they're going to be more effective and it's going to be easier for them to read from that standpoint. But sin if, so if I'm sitting with Jason, then I have to hold that long enough to bring information through and give it to Jason. And then I would ask Jason, which a lot of mediums don't do. I'm just going to tell you from a standpoint of understanding this. They'll just give you this whole spiel about da 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 da, -da. You know, here's all this stuff about your grandfather and spirit um, from that. And they never give you a chance to say yes or no to that. Well, evidential mediumship is I'll give you a piece of information and you'll say yes. So that we're, we're um, verifying that we're bringing through that information from the spirit world. Because the biggest killer for mediumship is if we get into imagination. Because our imaginations are hugely powerful from that standpoint. So we want to stay away from imagination because we want to just do a direct connection to the spirit world through our senses. And once we hold that information and bring it through, and Jason's saying yes, 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 to all the information that we're going through, then all of us, Jason, myself, and the spirit world, all know that it's accurate and we're connected. And then more information can come through and more information can come through, and now we have a solid, real connection with that. So everybody knows that the information is accurate. And, um, and I just feel like when we do that sort of mediumship, and so we, when we do that in our course, and we do time after time, and people are getting confidence because the information they're receiving is accurate, then they know they're doing this. Now, the interesting thing about that is, is we're all spirits first, and then we're humans second. So we can all do this. There's no reason that any of us can't do any of this work from that standpoint. But so many of us, when we came down here, came down here with the idea in mind to shut off all these you know, this, these gifts and things, that we haven't really explored any of that and we haven't really done anything with that. So now we're saying in our courses, of course you can do this, so just, you know, practice and you can do it uh, from that standpoint. So I think over a period of time, um, people, I have not had a student who've taken my course, and this is my eighth year of teaching this series, um, who has not been able to do a psychic reading or who has not been able to do a mediumship reading. I've not had any, none. They've all been able to do that from that standpoint, because they can do it anyway. All we're doing is just reorienting them to the ways to be able to do that. So, and so that's what we do with that. So, and in this course series, we do about half the courses um, online and half the courses live. And the reason that we do that is because, uh, number one, I have people in Loveland and Denver and every place that all kind of want to come and do this. And because I take such a limited number of students at a time in a, in a course um, with this, it makes it easier for everybody to get the portion where we learn about the concepts from that standpoint. Let's, let's learn about what we're doing psychically and understand what we're doing and why we're doing that and understand the mechanism of it. And then what we do is we, then we bring them to a practicum and now we're practicing what we said we were doing in this class and now they're learning that piece of what, what we're doing. And so the whole course is set up that way from that standpoint. So, um, yeah, I, that's, and, it, and it just seems to be so effective for some of the students. Um, now what I did, because I, I personally um, love to go do different trainings myself, just to kind of keep myself sharp from that. And a couple years ago, I ran into the top mediumship trainer in the world, and his name is Paul Jacobs. And he has taught at Arthur Fenley College for 30 plus years. And he, this is the first year he's gonna actually retire. He's gonna just, he's not gonna be the primary teacher. He's gonna work with another one of the teachers uh, from that standpoint, because he's in his 60s and he's trying to, you know, slow down here. But I asked him a couple of years ago, could you come to Colorado and work with my group? So last year, he came to Colorado and worked, um, so he had a, what he calls a progressive. So that was a series of three events, and so, you, you know, you can't just do one event, you have to do all three in that particular series. And um, he only works with stu 16 students when he works um, with that. And it was just amazing to see um, the students really learn from him, too, because he's an extraordinary teacher. Um, I don't know if you know a lot of things about um, uh, European or a British uh, mediumship, but the very best medium in the 20th century was Gordon Higginson, and he was from England. And he could do um, physical mediumship, he could do mental mediumship, he could do spiritual mediumship, he could do trance, he could uh, move objects, he could um, levitate things, he could do a variety of different things from that standpoint. But he was so deadly accurate. When you had a reading with him, I mean, he down to the nth degree, okay, well, I can understand that you had tea today, and it went to this, and I mean, he just like, just so, and you can find a few of his um, things on YouTube 
but he's the, he was the, he passed away in the 70s and so he was the best mediumship teacher and there's only three teachers that are alive now that he taught to teach and Paul is one of those and Mavis Patilla is another one and then Brian I think it's James is the third one and Mavis is quite ill and she teaches a lot of courses uh, when she can but um, but Paul is his primary um, student teacher and so he's carried on a lot of Gordon's teaching and then Paul's added his own teaching to that but um, he is very no-nonsense you have to have a strong ability to have somebody say okay no fix that no fix that no that's rubbish fix that with that because he's very specific you know when you're doing mediumship he's very specific and you know do this do this do this from that standpoint so and he's, he's going to be back then this year um, again so he's going to continue to do his progressives with my group uh, which is nice so he'll be back only twice this year which is nice um, to do that he'll be back in June and he'll be back in October and then when he comes um, and I really would encourage you guys and your your listeners to come and watch him demonstrate because he'll demonstrate and you won't have ever seen a demonst somebody demonstrate like him the accuracy of what he's doing with that and then I usually demonstrate a couple of links with him too which is completely different than what his is but still pretty it's okay <laughs> But but it's hard to stand up in on stage and do a, a gallery reading like with the best medium in the world and you're just going, okay, <laughs> right from that standpoint. But it's okay, you know, from that. But I, I would really encourage you when he comes, he'll be back in June, he'll be back in October to come and watch him demonstrate. I would love to do that. You know, I've been trying to take your class. You know, you and I have talked for yes, back have. and forth for we a have. couple we years have. now. And it's like, I need to come and take your class. You know, I've been trying to also at some point get you here to do a class so I could really take it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. I'd love to take your classes. Well, you're how, welcome to. How do people find you? How do Jude, we? How do, how do they get in touch with you? How do they learn about your classes and sign up and all that good stuff? So the easiest way is you can just, uh, so my website is Jude, J-U-D-E, Starks, S-T-A-R-K-S, dot com. So you can go to JudeStarks.com. All my classes are there. Everything's there. If you want to email me, you can just email me at Jude, at JudeStarks.com, um, and send me information, um, you know, about, or, you know, questions or things that you have associated with that from that standpoint. Um the, uh, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to get hold of me is just shoot me an email or go to my website uh, from that, and you'll see all the other classes and things associated with that um, on there. And uh, it's, it's good. I'd like to tell you I write a lot, and I put a lot of in interesting information on my website, but I'm not much of a writer, so I tend to teach a lot. So <laughs> you, you got to catch me and, and listen to me as opposed to read me. That's okay. That, that's, that, that's the role that works for you. That's how exactly. you transfer yeah, the information. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. Well, Jude, thank you so much for taking the time to to make your way down here and share with us okay. uh, not just your your experience, but your philosophies today. That was really powerful. and. Uh, helping us understand, uh, you know, some of the training and, and, and what really the integrity of mediumship looks like. Uh, so many people are winging it, myself included, I just realized. Uh, but it's a, <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a lot to be said for, uh, for providing accurate and, and full information. And right. I think you really hold that in a high regard. And, uh, and more people can benefit from that than I think they realize. So yeah. thanks for taking the time to, to share your share your story and your journey and you with us. Well, and thank you guys for inviting me. It was, it's fun. It's fun to always come down and see uh, this place and see and ch chat with you guys because I love you both. I think you're just an amazing being. So. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. And we love having you. And uh, we'll definitely do this again in the future because I'd definitely like to have you back. But we love, uh, Jason and I love seeing you at Body, Mind, and Spirit. Yes, it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> Mark, she's my neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Jason and I are always neighbors. And then you guys, your your booth's always across, across from us, so uh -huh. we have this like triangle of energy going right there. Right. People can walk through it, and go, oh, it's lovely here. People just kind of come in and draw to that area. In they general. do, don't they? They really do. Yeah, they really do. It's, it's yeah, we're very blessed, Jason, to have yes, that. It is fantastic. I love it. Yeah, it's a great little corner, and um, definitely love seeing you every time. So thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. All right, folks, thank you for listening and participating in Discover Your Spiritual Gifts Live. And uh, please stay tuned. We are going to share with you some of our practitioners and what they do here at the center. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Thank, take care. Bye-bye.
Hi, I'm Joyce Gerald. I am a trance channel. I do individual readings, but what I really love to do is teach people how to channel. I've been teaching channeling for about 11 years. I kind of stumbled into the teaching part because I had a client who came to me who wanted to channel, and she said that the only way she could do it is if she was hypnotized because she was terrified. So I was channeling Archangel Metatron for her, and he turned the tables on her and had her start channeling for me. She was absolutely fantastic, one of the best people I've seen. When she was finished with it, she was in tears because it's the first time she'd been able to do it without being hypnotized first. Her guides had asked me if I would start a class to help support her so that she would be comfortable channeling around other people. And so I said, okay, I would teach channeling. So I did a little research and gathered several people to attend the first class. We were all very excited, so I said that she was supposed to bring me to the teaching part of what I do. I enjoy it immensely. Everyone channels in my classes. I have never had anyone who is unable to, uh, but anyone who came in with the intention and the desire always was able to channel, and it's a really fun class. I'll be teaching classes here at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts beginning in March. I have two level one classes coming up and then a level two class. The level one class enables you to initially have those words come out of your mouth, but at that point you're not really able to attain that space and just start on your own. And so level two is further refining and practicing. They're all really fun classes. You get to listen to everyone else channel. You get to ask questions of the others who are there. So it's it's a really fun thing to do. You can find the details on the classes at the discoveryourspiritualgifts.com website. They also have a meetup and I've also put all of my classes on Eventbrite. Hi, this is Kevin Oak Street. I am an Oracle and Tarot reader at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts on Tuesdays from 10 to 5. A little background, I've been developing my gifts over a long time and just recently I felt like a light was switched on and I got a lot of support and guidance from those close to me. As I've been developing these gifts, I've known that I wanted to become a healer and to help others as well. And I would love to help you unlock your hidden potential. Hi, I'm Rochelle Kemper. I am a Restoration Master Healer. I work through people's energy grid as I see it. Um, I call it grid working. And um, I also work with Mother Gaia and the ley lines of the, of the earth. But I also see that and can translate it around somebody's energy body. I got into this through working with another teacher that was showing us to look around a body or an energy body and I realized that I could see colors and so when I pinpointed the color then she made me trace it all the way back she said you have to trace it all the way back to the origin and once I did that I realized that I could see around people in what looks like an excel grid sheet and we get things stuck in that grid sheet or we get formulas that are blown and I help people restore those grids through different energies it could be dragon energy archangel energy colors flowers all sorts of everybody works with something different and I help bring those through to restore your grids you can find me at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts in Historic Downtown Littleton. I work at this center on Wednesdays and Thursdays between 10 and 5. Discover Connection Awaken Sacredness Come in power Join us for our show Our talk radio Oh